0: Uh, and that is pretty cool, as long as you're careful, but let's be honest, I think some of you like this service, because my message is about half as long as it is on a Sunday morning. (laughs) I just get 15 minutes on Christmas Eve. I heard that amen, but the truth is, this is a special night, and it is a special service. On Christmas Eve, the waiting is almost over. We've been counting down the days until December 25th, and now we're just a few hours away. Sometimes we use the word Advent when we talk about the Christmas season, and that's a good word because Advent simply means coming or arrival. So in this season, we wait for the coming or arrival of Christmas, but we're not just waiting for a holiday, we're waiting for a person. We wait for the coming of Jesus. A little over 2,000 years ago, that's exactly what God's people were doing. They were waiting, waiting for the Messiah. Now, God had promised that a Messiah would come, but as the centuries went by, it became harder and harder to wait. You see, before Jesus was born, life was very tough for the Jews. There was a prophet named Isaiah who lived in a very dark time for the nation of Israel. It was a time when huge empires like the Assyrians and the Babylonians brought death and destruction and captivity, and God's people cried out for help. They were asking for someone to save them. And that's when Isaiah spoke about a promise, a promise that God would rescue His people from that darkness. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 2, the prophet said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, if you were a Jew living at that time, these words would have gotten your attention. You would have been like, okay, Isaiah, keep talking. Tell us about this light. And then a few verses later, he says this, for unto you a child is born. I bet there were tears in their eyes. I bet they were thinking, finally, God has heard our cries. We've been searching. We've been finding. We've been looking for a way to to find hope. We've been suffering. We've been going through so much pain. This is the promise we've been waiting for. They were seeing that God would send someone to save them, to conquer their enemies and to bring peace but do you know what was the most exciting part about Isaiah's prophecy? Look at that list of titles for the Messiah. Isaiah said that he would be the mighty God, the everlasting Father. So this ruler would not just be a regular human being, right? This sounds like God himself is coming to our world to bring light into the darkness. I can't imagine what that promise would have meant to the Jewish people. Now, here in the present, it's hard for us to relate to ancient Israel. Uh, That was a long, long time ago, and the world was a very different place then. But the reality is, we're not that different from them. Many of us know exactly what it's like to walk in darkness. In fact, some of you are going through so much right now that it's really hard to find peace or hope or joy, even at Christmas. You know, I think back to Christmas when I was a kid. Everything seemed so simple then. My family was good, my health was good, and Christmas was flat out awesome. I loved Christmas Eve service and family get togethers and food and the presents. Back then, I feel like I was happy a lot of the time because really my life wasn't that hard. Over the years, though, Life has gotten more complicated. I'm still very blessed, no doubt about it, but these days I've learned from experience that uh, life can be very difficult. Over the past two to three years, I've seen challenges like I've never seen before. And at the risk of sharing too much, I can honestly say that I have found myself crying out to God for help and maybe that's not where you are tonight. Maybe you're in a very good place, and if so, thank God for that. But I've been in ministry long enough to know there is pain in this room tonight. There's disappointment. There is deep regret. There's fear. You've been waiting for God to come through for you, but so far, He hasn't answered your prayers. And that is a tough, tough place to be. And even though tonight is a happy night, I just want to acknowledge that pain. Sometimes this life can feel like you're stuck in a dark pit. Aren't you glad you came to the Christmas Eve service? (laughs) Well, don't leave yet because it does get better. After the days of Isaiah, 700 years went by, and the Jews were still waiting to see that promise fulfilled. The Messiah still hadn't come. But finally, we get to Luke chapter 2. We get to that manger in Bethlehem. Jesus, the newborn king, had come. We've heard that story from Luke chapter 2. We heard it just a few minutes ago, and Linus was right. That is what Christmas is all about. It's about the baby who wasn't just a baby. He's the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But think about this. Back when Jesus was a baby, do you think people looked at him and they knew right away that he was the fulfillment of God's promise? Well, if we read a little further in Luke 2, we see one person who did understand exactly who Jesus was. I want to pick up the story in verse 25 of Luke 2. It says, Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Simeon was an old man, possibly a priest. He was very familiar with Isaiah's prophecy. He also would have known other prophecies about the Messiah. And like the rest of Israel, Simeon was waiting. Waiting. But one day, the Spirit of God gave Simeon some very exciting news. Verse 26 says, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So that meant the Jewish people would not have to wait another 700 years. The Messiah would be coming very soon. And this was easily the best news that Simeon had ever heard. And from that time on, Simeon took special notice of every baby boy that was brought to the temple to be dedicated. He would ask himself, is he the one? Is he the one? But every time, the answer was no. Until finally, a young couple named Joseph and Mary walked in with their baby boy. Now, God made sure that Simeon wasn't going to miss this. It says in verse 27, moved by the Spirit... Simeon went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him into his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This is such a beautiful moment. Can you picture this? Here comes this old man shuffling across the temple floor and he approaches Mary and Joseph and somehow he knows. And Mary and Joseph know that he knows. So they allow him to hold their baby, take him into his arms and he sings this song of praise to God. I wouldn't be surprised if he just started crying right there. Because Simeon was seeing the fulfillment of a great promise. And he basically says, Lord, I can die happy now. You may dismiss your servant in peace. I was right to put my hope in you. You are faithful. You have kept your promise. Simeon found true joy. He found real peace. And he found those things in Jesus. But you know what's interesting to me? There is so much that Simeon didn't get to see. He didn't get to see Jesus grow into adulthood. He didn't get to hear his amazing teaching. He didn't get to see his miracles or his sacrifice on the cross or his resurrection from the dead. Those things wouldn't happen for years. Salvation had not yet been fully accomplished, but salvation had come. Simeon didn't need to see those events that were still in the future. He could see by faith. God had proven his faithfulness. He kept his promise. And because of that, Simeon was content to trust in God. You know, our position today is a lot like Simeon. God calls us to put our faith in him. And we can do that because he's proven that he's faithful. He does keep his promises. He sent the Messiah just like he said he would. So for just a moment... I want to speak to any of you who may feel like you're stuck in that dark pit. And it could be that you dug that hole yourself, but maybe not. You may be struggling because of things that were totally beyond your control. But either way, whether you brought that darkness into your own life or you had nothing to do with it, it doesn't matter. God's promise is for you. Jesus has come and he really does offer peace and joy. I've learned something over the past few years. It's a truth that is so good for me to remember. With Jesus, life is never a pit, but you may go through a tunnel. God hasn't promised us a life without pain, but when you have a relationship with Jesus, he does promise to be right there with you as you go through the pain. And whatever you're dealing with, whether you're facing depression or anxiety or grief, or maybe your family is blowing up right now, or you're looking at a scary diagnosis for you or someone you love, or you're just reeling because you've been hurt by someone you thought you could trust, or or maybe you're full of guilt and shame because you know you've made some terrible choices. Whatever the darkness looks like in your life, You can be confident of this. Jesus is the light at the end of the tunnel. That's not just a saying. I'm not being figurative. Jesus really is the one who brings light to our darkness. In the Gospel of John chapter 1, John is talking about Jesus and he says, In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In the same way that the Jews had to hold on to God's promise, we need to hold on to his promise today. No darkness in this world is stronger than the light of Jesus. His light wins every time. So, whenever you find yourself in a tunnel, here's what you got to do. You got to look to Jesus and follow the light that leads you home. Throughout December, we've been talking about this idea of home here at Plum Creek, and we've said the true definition of being home is to be in the presence of God, to find our significance in Him, to be completely at peace and completely satisfied forever and ever. I'm not sure why you came here tonight, but if you haven't come home to Jesus, if you've never given your life to Him, I hope you'll make that your top priority. Right now, our church is taking a journey through the life of Jesus. And next Sunday, we're going to hear one of the most powerful and moving and famous stories that Jesus ever told. I want you to know, whoever you are, you're invited to join us as we look to Jesus and find our home in Him. But tonight, we remember this baby that was born in Bethlehem. We remember that he was the fulfillment of God's promise. We remember that he wasn't just a great teacher, he wasn't just a good example, he is the light of the world. He's the only hope for any of us to get to God. But then, you know, over in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says kind of a surprising thing. He looks at his followers and he says, you are the light of the world. And make no mistake, Jesus is the light of the world, but when he rose from the dead and returned to heaven, he assigned us to be the light of the world. He calls us to bring light into the darkness. He calls us to lead people to Him. Tonight, we're going to close our time together by filling this dark room with candlelight. First, there will will be one flame that brings light to the darkness, and that first flame represents Christ. But then we're going to see that light spread all over this room So here's the plan. In just a moment, the worship team will come back and lead us in another song. And while that happens, we're going to start sharing the light with each other. Someone will come and light a candle at the end of your row, and then you can pass that light on to the person next to you. And we would ask, please be careful not to let the wax drip onto the floor or the seat in front of you. We do appreciate that. But for these few minutes... Let's focus on Jesus. Let's celebrate His coming, and let's remember that because of Jesus, we don't have to walk in darkness anymore. We can walk in the light. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for tonight. I thank You for the chance we have to come here and worship and to celebrate with friends and family. But most of all, we thank You for Jesus. We thank You for this baby who wasn't just a baby. We thank you for the peace and joy and hope that can only be found in Christ. I pray over the next few minutes that we'll see a picture of what Jesus can do and also what you want to do through us. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.